Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to the GameBooey.org video game podcast, your more or less weekly port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm your host, Captain Spike2099, and with me, as always, is First Mate Slagkick. Yar! <laughs> I was expecting you to be like First Mate Slagkick1945. Oh. All right, well, today's June 12th, 2019, and this is episode 165. Episode 100 and Nintendo 65. That's or not a thing. <laughs> day 3, 2019, day 3. Welcome once again, each and every one of our lovely and beautiful listener, to another episode of the GameBooey.org video game podcast. GameBooey.org video game podcast. Today, we're talking about the last day or proper day of conferences at the 2019 edition of the very biggest and very bestest week of every year, E3. That, of course, means we're going to be wrapping up with Nintendo. And, of course, you know, we are going to keep this short or at least our version of short since we're, you know, in the middle of a heat wave. And, uh, you know, I do also, of course, want to apologize. That's why this episode is coming a day later than we had intended. Um, you know, we have had some record breaking heat in the Bay Area. And while uh, Slaggy and I did our best to get things going as well, we could the first few days of the of the conferences we just had to take a little bit of a breather to make sure that we were okay but that having been said we are happy to get started talk about our very favorite conference of the event um not to be you know too big of a spoiler and i guess i shouldn't assume uh saggy sorry i've tapped my hat just a little bit it's very clear what the hot topic is but what is the way that we rhyme i'm so excited oh my god because they did a cover of that. Yeah, no, their, I, I remember. On their record, This Island. I, I recall. Yeah. So, Nintendo Direct. It was, I thought it was amazing. I'm, let's just talk about that right now. You know, that will help us sidestep a big issue that I was worried about going into this. Um, you know, all of the other conferences that we talk about on this show at E3 time are a little unique because typically, you know, um, these companies they just come out and they present for you know 30 minutes 45 minutes 90 minutes if we're talking about microsoft sometimes even as many as two hours um nintendo does it a little bit different though and you know as we've talked about for the last few years they do these um treehouse streams each day of e3 from their uh conference on so uh, you know this was their second full day of treehouse streams so we've out of nintendo gotten like gosh what like 12 hours of gameplay in addition to their at least yeah yeah to their their actual direct itself so whereas our biggest issues with these other conferences were sort of like you know these games are out there and we just have no idea what they're about because all we have seen are these like 90 second trick like cutscene trailers and sometimes you know five minute cutscene trailers or in the case of Avengers, you know, a five minute cutscene trailer and then 30 minutes of actors talking about the most famous superheroes in the world as if we had never heard of them before. Mm. Um, right. Sorry, I had to have a little bit of tea there. It's it's just 
so refreshing that in this case, you know, we got the Nintendo Direct, which itself was like 40 solid minutes, in my opinion, of like announcements and actual game information, including gameplay. But then we also got hours upon hours of actual gameplay information, interviews with, you know, devs, uh, get to see like high level, like in some cases closer to end game content for games that haven't even released yet. In my opinion, it just such an incredibly effective way to show games. And for me, it, it makes me think about Nintendo in a completely different context than any of these other companies during E3. So it's really hard for me to sort of judge Nintendo's presentation by the same rubric. D do you run into that issue, Slaggy? Like, do you feel like conflicted about comparing the two? Or I should say I mean, the two because I... Nintendo and Microsoft, you know. I mean, I don't know if I feel conflicted, but I mean, Nintendo has kind of, like you've said, been its own beast for ever since they had switched their format up. And I think even with some, um, like, you know, EA Play tried to kind of do something like that this year. But, like, you know, I, I don't think any of the other companies are delivering what Nintendo does. And I mean, that's not just my Nintendo bias. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Well, and you know, it's funny because, you know, I've been watching the Nintendo Direct and then the Treehouse Live stuff with Sulker, who had also watched the EA Play stuff. And, you know, we were really talking about it. Something that's surprising, or I say surprising, I should say something that's very different about the approach is that the Nintendo presentations are just a lot more about focusing on what's like cool about the game, whereas the um, presentations about EA Play seemed a lot more about like sort of screaming at you about like these are the data points for why you should be interested in buying this. And it, it just felt like a whole different show of like one felt like being shouted at like buy this stuff and the other felt almost like devs coming out and like showing like we are so proud of this and like we are giddy to like show this group of people like doing this live gameplay demonstration and like how all the pieces come together of our gameplay in a live setting it just felt like such a really awesome and constructive and cool way to make me want to play these games yeah I mean, like you said, so much of the problem that we have is, like, we only see the surface level of a lot of the games that the other uh, companies are showing. But, I mean, and sure, you're not getting that with every single game, but, you know, with a handful of games, you're really getting, you know, a deep dive into, you know, what the gameplay is like and, you know, hearing insight from the developers. But I kind of think I'm just repeating you at this point. <laughs> That's all right. These things happen. So, all right. All these things having been said, we will do our traditional, you know, final thoughts and stuff at the end of the direct. But I just had to note, you know, I'm going to try to denote um, when we observed something that was separate from the direct or, or when it wasn't. Sometimes we're probably going to drop the ball on that. It is what it is. Um, but I just I just have to be honest for me, Nintendo, I just came away from Nintendo's presentations um, incredibly enthused about being a Switch owner this year. And we still have one more whole day of Treehouse streams to go tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, I was there, there were some big surprises here, too. Like, well, yeah, like so, that we still come coming out of nowhere. Well, absolutely. So with that having been said, let's talk about the Direct itself. Um, the Direct started off, and we're not going to talk about all of these announcements in order that they were, were made, but I think it's worth noting that they sort of opened strong and closed strong. And Psyche, um, how did you think, what did you think about the way that it opened? I mean, I think that um, a Smash 
fighter reveal was the way they had to open it. You know, they, especially with, uh, on Saturday, was it? I, I can't keep track of time anymore. Like, this heat has warped all sense of time that I have. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I've spent, I actually was unconscious for several hours yesterday with, like, on the border of, like, heat exhaustion. So I, I can understand that. But was it Saturday when we had the 3v3 Smash tournament? Uh, I believe so, yeah. The and, Invitational? Uh, yes, the Invitational. And um, then Sakurai had said, like, uh, you know, people expected an announcement there, but he's like, um, I look forward to sharing this with you. So, I mean, I think people would have been really upset if we didn't, um, you know, have that right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say uh, one aspect I haven't really seen people talk about online is that um, how would you have felt if one of these character reveals had been made at the Invitational and the other had been done at the E3 Direct? Do you think it would have lessened the impact of either of them? Probably would have lessened the impact of the second one. Interesting. Okay, so with that having been said, then, um, we're not going to talk about the second one right now, but who was the first one, and what did you think about it? It was the hero from Dragon Quest, as in, like, multiple what? Dragon Quest heroes. Like, not the, like it's actually just a copy of, a Switch copy of the game Dragon Quest Heroes. It's like the game box, Dragon oh. Quest Heroes. <laughs> How amazing would that be? That would be the best fighting game character since Daytona in Fighting Vipers. Yes, but it's... Uh, you know, the hero of the Dragon Quest game, it most notably um, Eleven was kind of the one that, you know, was the default look, so to speak. But there were also other ones. I mean, I'm not as familiar with the other ones. Sorry. So I can't really tell you which ones they are. But uh, it seems to be more like a um, Koopa Kids, Koopalings sort of thing, rather than actually being Echo Fighters from what I could tell. Well, yeah, so it is one character, and those are alternate costumes. They are the various heroes from Dragon Quests 11, 8, 4, and 3, with the uh, protagonist from 11 being the default. Uh, these are, of course, sort of like the main, like most loved games in the uh, Dragon Quest series worldwide. Uh, particularly, I think it was 8 was actually one of the main games that was successful here in North America when it released on the PS2. Um, I think probably largely due to its inclusion of the demo for, was it Final Fantasy XII? Uh, that was like, what, 15 years ago, so... Well, it was PS2, so yeah, it would have to be, because it wasn't 10, so so yeah, it would be 12. I think I played that at Rob Roberts' house for the first time, actually, way back in the day. Was that, was that like, around the same time where you pretended to get a girl pregnant? Um, so anyway, we, uh, have this news and it's really exciting, you know, getting another guest character like this was, I think, a really big surprise. I'm kind of wondering if all of these, uh, DLC characters aren't going to be guests at this point. And I'm wondering, do you have any, any thoughts on that? And do you have any like personal investment on the Dragon Quest hero? Because for me, Dragon Quest hero, I think is obviously an incredibly iconic character in the history of Nintendo, particularly on the Japanese side. Um, and in fact, even if you uh, think on the North American side, particularly, um, I think a lot of older fans have memories of Dragon Quest back in the name of Dragon Warrior, when they would do Nintendo promotions, including that weird Nintendo Power promotion where everyone who subscribed during a certain period got a free copy of that game, back when free copies of games were a pretty big deal. 
So I think this is just such a neat pick. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think that, um, you know, a lot of the um, most requested characters have been third party. So I think that, you know, we're, I think that, um, you know, Sakurai obviously has been listening, you know, so um, something that I thought was cool that there's like a, um, a little, and I believe this was in the, you know, in the direct, not later, um, that there's a little um, RPG, like, um, move menu so that, that you could select. Yeah, so the, you know, because each character in Smash, of course, has their own gimmicks. And the Dragon Quest hero has a command menu that, and like an MP bar that they can cast like spells or abilities from. It's pretty wild, I think. It's super cute. Yeah, that, I'm really interested in seeing how that mechanic plays out. So we also had... Um, Another look at Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Um, this game is clearly really coming together. Uh, but for me, the exciting announcement during the Direct, at least, was the announcement that there are going to be uh, DLC packs that are oh, going to be starting this fall in 2019. And the DLC packs are going to include characters from the X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Marvel Knights franchises. And even more excitingly, there are already multiple X-Men in the game. These are additional playable X-Men. Yeah, well, uh, someone's got to pay attention to the X-Men. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, it's it's actually really big news because for the last several years, many of us, and I am certainly one of them, um, have seen a marked decline in cross-promotional opportunities that Marvel has taken part in, in which they have represented X-Men characters. Oh, that was like a, it was a Fox thing, right? Precisely, yeah. And, you know, within the video game space, I think it's probably been most notable in the unfortunate demise of Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Uh, but yeah. to see them so being so upfront with like, uh, you know, the X-Men are in this game and we're bringing more X-Men to the game. Oh, and Fantastic Four, we got you. It really does seem like a direct response to that. And while the cynic in me notes, you know, they're making a little extra money on the top by including these characters as DLC. Um, I don't know how mad I am about it because I've wanted these characters for so long. I'm just really hungry for that content. And if this is what it takes then I'll take it over the alternative of not having them because Marvel has shown that they will withhold them for that for any damn reason. Yeah, and I mean, um, I think it's refreshing to see that Marvel is, um, it's looking like that, especially with the Fox acquisition, which, you know, this isn't movie buoy or Disney buoy or comic buoy, but, you know, um, I think that, well, I mean, it's ironic that, you know, um, a lot of people seem, I mean, I guess it's not ironic, but, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people are a lot more excited about this uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 than the um, Crystal Dynamics Avengers game. Because I think, like, a lot, I mean, I know I'm personally kind of, like, Avengers fatigued. Like, just these characters have been, like, so prominent in our pop culture for the last decade that, like, it's nice to see Marvel supporting, you know, these other characters. And especially, you know, with Disney acquiring Fox, you know, I think that, of course, we just had the Dark Phoenix movie come out that apparently is terrible. Um, but, you know, that might show us that, you know, that Marvel is supporting, you know, these franchises. And to bring it back to video games, you know, that we won't see something like a Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. So maybe because uh, was that the fourth one? Uh, yeah, MVCI was the fourth release. Well, I yeah. mean, it was it was the fourth game. Yeah. 
Right. So whatever the fifth game is at some point, maybe will be a lot more inclusive and better. But anyways, I'm getting off track. Well, um, you know, I, and I'm actually I wanted to acknowledge that because I did want to speak on the uh, Avengers and Ultimate Alliance thing. Or did you have another comment about that? No, no. Um, I was just going to talk about Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, then, then yeah, you can do that because I'm still on that point, too. Oh, I was just going to say I had a lot of fun back on the Xbox 360 days, on the days, in in the Xbox 360 days, playing with you specifically. Um, I think it was um, Ultimate Alliance 2, but I mean, I can't just remember, but uh, I just, I had a lot of fun yeah. with those games, so I'm looking forward to uh, to playing this. This is coming pretty soon, right? Is this a June or July release? Yeah, this is a July release. But it is, yeah, it's like July, it's like mid-July. And they did talk about that release date at the Direct. In fact, it's already available for a preload on the Switch eShop. I actually went and got it yesterday after the Direct because I was so excited about it. Um, And for me, you know, I I do want to briefly note, um, as a fan of comics, it's been really wild how much more easily excited I have been for Ultimate Alliance 3 than the ultimate or i'm not ultimate avengers the marvel avengers game that square enix is releasing because while i appreciate what they're doing and i know that games as a service is where it's at i'm not even about that it just is all so drab in color it's all just very flase da and just sort of proceeding as usual triple a game designed by numbers like lifeless imitations yeah like lifeless imitations of characters from a movie that we don't have rights to or whatever and then you look at ultimate alliance and it's like everything i love from the comics big flashy you know big powers gigantic towering sentinels like that are you know three times as as the size of the largest tower at Xavier's school and you need to take it down before it destroys the mansion like that's what i want that's that's all it takes like i will buy this game i i will buy additional dlc if there's additional mission and story packs i'll buy those like this is the content i want and it's just been really remarkable to me that i i know that i've always been left of center and that's kind of been my whole shtick but in this case i feel like I'm a little bit worried that um, Score Enix has kind of missed the mark of what comic fans are looking for because there there was a poll on Era, and I know Era is not representative of the entire you know games fandom at you large. Mean, uh, still on Era? Oh, I'm sorry, I was talking about the uh, forum Resetera. Resetera. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I thought you meant Silicon Era. Okay, no, and um, you know, in when I had looked earlier, you know, people were asking like which game are you more excited for? And like thousands of people had voted and it was like 75% of people more excited for ultimate Alliance three. And that was not what I was expecting at all. So yikes, but also I'm super excited about it. Anyway, sorry um, to get way far afield. No, no, I just, I had a lot of fun with uh, the original ones. Yeah, me too. Like I'm such a fan of the games and I'm such a fan of the aesthetic that it just seems like a home run to me. Like, honestly, one of the reasons I love Diablo 3 on console so much is it reminded me of how it felt to play those Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Oh, that's awesome. And see, it's sick AF. Yeah, we're about to have new experiences like that with, you know, new tech and more, you know, new gameplay. I'm super excited. Yeah. 
let's see we also got the release date for astral chain i feel like we already knew this was coming in august but we yeah, definitely so, know yeah. now that the uh next platinum games game astral chain is going to be available on august 30th 2019 um, there was gameplay of this during the treehouse streams it looks really interesting to me it looked like a much larger game than i had been expecting from all of the trailers mm -hmm. we've gotten so far um i'm really interested in it because it seemed like there was like a whole open world exploration aspect of like getting missions and stuff that had not been apparent from any of the gameplay we had gotten before i had felt um what did you think of the trailer and of the game overall yeah um i thought the trailer was cool i mean I have to be honest, um, the treehouse is really um, where we got to see more of it. But, uh, you know, it was nice to see some more of, um, in the in the direct itself, to see some more of what this looks like. And because uh, you're going to, you kind of have like a um, a robot friend, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the game and watching the gameplay of it. It just looks like it has some really interesting ideas about combat and sort of working with that sort of second unit that I'm really excited to see get explored. Um, we're also getting the remake of the original Panzer Dragoon for Switch this winter. This was a surprise announcement out of left field that I don't yeah. think anyone saw coming. I was literally screaming. I was wildly tweeting uh, as soon as I saw that beautiful dragon head come on screen. Yikes. Um, I was really stoked. And wh what did you think? Did you lose your mind like I did? I mean, I don't have the history with Panzer Dragon like you do, but um, when I saw the dragons, I was like, is this Panzer Dragon? Yeah, and... I think we even said that in one of our chats. Yeah, um... What was, was Crimson Dragon the spiritual sequel? Yeah, that was kind of like the free to play. Yeah, I not think not originally, think, but they it did originally become yeah. That was um like an Xbox One like launch title. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had fun with that. I mean, it seemed kind of a little bit sparse, but I think that kind of was like, oh, okay, that's what um if this is what Panzer Dragoon is like, then you know. Yeah, I think it's really cool that Sega is giving Panzer Dragoon another chance to shine, and I'm really eager to, uh, you know, see how it goes. I really hope that this is a, another home run, because I would love to see this franchise spring back to life, and mm -hmm. um, I think that the market is ready for it. So, Wikipedia said that this is a remake of the original Saturn game. Do you know, because uh, I'm not finding any other source that is saying that so is do we know yes, if this that is... is my understanding it was being referred to at straight up as panzer dragoon remake okay cool yeah that that's definitely how sega has been referring to it so i feel confident confir confirming that bit all right then uh yeah we also had um this announcement of a game based on the upcoming netflix dark crystal sequel series this is the dark crystal age of resistance tactics it's based on a really cool-looking claymation graphic style. Uh, looks very similar to the kind of Final Fantasy Tactics gameplay mold that we think of when we see a you know game title Tactics. I'm surprisingly interested, despite not being attached to the franchise very much. What was your take? Yeah, um, it's an interesting choice of genre. I mean, I haven't seen Dark Crystal in probably a good 15 years, maybe even more than that, but... Um, that's cool. Um, I, I guess if this is a testing grounds for 
a like um, labyrinth dungeon crawler called Labyrinth Labyrinth. That <laughs> oh my god, you need to pitch that to someone like now. I mean, I'm I'm joking about the title, but I I do feel like no. The title's half the best part. I feel like a I feel like a um a labyrinth game would be have have has there ever been any labyrinth games? I believe so, but I would have to look that up. It's not something I know off the top of my head. Yeah. Um anyway, this isn't uh Labyrinth it's been shot. Yeah, this isn't Henson Bowie, although I've been watching um Defunct Lands Jim Henson miniseries. So good if you're if you're a Henson fan out there. And I mean, Defunct Land is like great, but this is not uh, Disney Bowie either. Oh, I've been really into streams about classic toy lines on YouTube. Li- oh, uh, we also got the announcement of a new game from Romero Games. This one is Empire of Sin. It's sort of doing the whole like film noir, like crime drama thing. I didn't really get a good feel for what the gameplay was like. It though, seems like like it looks like it was like a sim, like um. Because it's um, Paradox Interactive, and they're the City Skylines folks, right? Oh, yeah, they are. Okay, now, see, that would be Cause I much saw them, more like, interesting It looks like they showed something about, like, placing a building. Okay, see, so, yeah, I didn't really understand what I was watching, and I was having some stream hiccup issues at that point. So that that's interesting. Now, see, now I'm interested in finding out. I mean, but don't quote me. I, like, and I haven't seen a lot of... All right. I mean, I haven't. Well, girl, I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to pre-order it, but I'm going to read more about it for sure. Yeah, I haven't sought out a lot of information about it yet, but that was just my initial impression. Um, which I mean, I mean, if if that is correct, then at least their trailer seemed to show you know some sort of gameplay element. But I mean, maybe not, um, maybe not explicitly enough, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like Paradox like has done a lot of strategic and simulation based stuff if i'm not wrong yeah i mean they're a they're a publisher i think they do publish other genres but i i think that yeah, okay um right. i just did a quick search polygon describes it as an xcom style strategy game Set yeah okay that sounds, that sounds sick af okay i'm actually way more interested now i didn't feel that the trailer had conveyed that so that would be a ding on this trailer for sure but i guess a positive overall in terms of content for inclusion IDK, let's talk about this next thing we're going to talk about, because I literally cried. (laughs) So we got the announcement, first off, of a remake of Saiken Densetsu 3. And, you know, a lot of us have been expecting this for a long time. We've talked about this here on the show ever since they started doing the Saiken Densetsu remakes with, what was it, Adventures of Mana? And then they did uh, the remake of Secret of Mana. And then they just announced uh, the remake of Saiken Densetsu 3, which is going to be called Trials of Mana. And so that was... Wait, is Adventures of Mana a remake of Final Fantasy Adventure? Yeah. Okay, like, uh, I just... It's been a while since we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good remake. Um... It's very faithful, and I think the thing is, these remakes so far have been um, almost too faithful, like to the point of actually being kind of jank in a lot of ways. Um, I am very interested in seeing, though, it looks like the uh, Trials of Mana remake is going to be um, a lot more of an adaptation, and it looks, um, particularly from what we saw at the Treehouse coverage today, um, it actually looks like 
it's going to be a really well done remake. Like I'm really excited about it. It makes me really excited for Square Enix's enthusiasm about remakes of late. Um, hmm. But then we I, wonder got... I wonder if they'll finally pull the trigger on something that we've been waiting for. Well, then we got the announcement, the surprise announcement of a shadow release on the eShop of a fully English translated collection of mana, complete with an English language release of Saiken and Setsu 3 for the very first time localized as Trials of Mana. Yeah, so double trials. Yeah, double trials, all right. Um... I legit, you know, I had so many feelings about this. I screamed. I, I literally cried, you know. Um, I don't mind saying, you know, I've wanted to play Saiken and Setsu 3 in an official capacity for so many years. And since the Switch came out, I have been a huge proponent of, like, basically tweeting at Screenix all the time, like, reaching out to Screenix and all of their uh, fan you know, outreach survey things every time uh, M2 has talked about like, oh, yeah, we could put an English language mode in that game if they ever asked us to. We, we talked about that on the show when they said that. Um, I have just, for me, this has been a story I've been sort of following for years. It's been something I've been just always like it's this has been like a game I've been following forever. So this is just a huge deal for me. This this for me was like a megaton. And I just am shook. You know, I've already started playing the game. I'm loving it. Uh, I have played it before via fan translation, but I will note that this translation is much better. So I'm already enjoying it much more. And the gameplay, of course, is, you know, Saiken and Setsu gameplay. Can't go wrong with that. Um, eh, what is your take? Did you have a response to this megaton drop? Did you think it was a megaton? Where are you at? Um, I mean, we knew that um, the Saiken Densetsu collection was a thing, so um, I think the um, remake... Well, we knew was... the Saiken Densetsu collection was a thing in Japan, in Japan but nobody right, right. ever thought it would ever come out anywhere else because, you know, uh, Saiken Densetsu 3 up until this point had never been formally translated, and a lot of people had previously thought technically it wouldn't you know, that the tools to do that wouldn't exist anymore up until M2 mm -hmm. said otherwise. Yeah, um, I think for me, it was just um, a surprise that, um, well, I mean, I guess, you know, Square Enix had to save something, you know, special for the Nintendo Direct. But, you know, like, um, that could have been a big bomb they dropped in their own presentation, but they chose not to. Oh, so yeah, that's a that good was point. The, the bigger surprise for me. Um I can't, oh yeah, huh? This would have been a much had more interesting show there. And then if they had done the shadow release of Last Remnant during the direct, presumably, or something like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't have the same history with Second Densetsu as you do. I played a little bit of Final Fantasy Adventure a long time ago uh, before I even realized it was part of the Second Densetsu series. But uh, you know, this will be a good opportunity to uh, dive into it. Excellent. That's great. Well, I am super stoked to hear that. And yeah, I'll be excited to hear what you think about the game when you do play it. And uh, excellent. Do you want to talk about this next one? Yeah, we got a official release date on um, September 27th. We're going to be getting Dragon Quest XI S Definitive Edition. So uh, that's great. I mean, it looks um, it's cute that it has, you know, both the um, 16 bit style and the you know, modern style in it. Because, uh, you know, we, we kind of, you know, I think, I don't know, I had just assumed that when we would get it for Switch, you know, that it would just be the original one. Although, I guess, 
did we did we already know this from Japan? I mean, I might have just forgotten, honestly. Like from its Japanese release, has it had a Japanese release? It's just honestly been a little bit difficult to. So, Dragon Quest Eleven S Definitive Edition has not yet released anywhere in the world, but it will be releasing on Switch this September worldwide. And okay, so uh, so the three oh, right. there was only the three DS, yeah was present in the 3D or I'm sorry the the traditional pixel style was present in the 3DS version and the more like advanced version was the PS4 version so this the is switch the... has both oh, which you right. can switch between at will and also has um bonus content from the 3ds version that are as i understand it only in the old style that uh you basically go back to the worlds of the old dragon quest games and as i understand it there are a couple of additional missions in that style exclusive to this release as well okay that's what i thought it's hard to keep track of all these different versions yeah Um, well and that's exactly why you know there actually was a minor kerfuffle a few months back um, basically that a lot of people were really upset that all of this extra content is coming to the Switch for a definitive version and does not appear to be going and being backported to the PC and PS4 releases. Uh, to the best of my own knowledge, that is still not being done, and um, these additions to the game are starting to look increasingly substantial. Yeah, I mean, it really will be the definitive edition. I'm kind of glad I waited to play it instead of getting it last fall on ps4 yeah you know i did get it on ps4 last fall and i started it and ever since they announced how much content definitive edition would get it's been real hard to keep going because i just want to wait now and play the definitive version (laughs) i guess i should be complaining because this does suck to have to buy a whole new product but at the same time it was developed under a separate budget and realities of game development etc etc kind of is what it is you know yeah so we've got the witcher 3 coming to switch Cool. This was a big announcement for many people. What? Bathtub Geralt. Oh. (laughs) So this is going to be called the Complete Edition, and it's going to be releasing later this year. Uh, A lot of people had thought that this was going to be like an impossible port, even though it's been rumored for like six months now. Um, Once they showed it, while it does look decidedly um, reduced in terms of visual effects, it absolutely does appear to be the complete gameplay experience. I think this is really cool. Um, Another interesting fact is that the publisher of the game is so far indicating that the Switch game cartridge will have the complete game on the cartridge and will not require additional downloads. And, you know, that's sort of been a big talking point within the Switch fandom is, you know, games requiring additional content downloads. Um, Yeah. What do you think of Switcher 3 on, on Switch? Which Switcher 3? Witcher 3 on Switch. What do you think? That's cool. I mean, I never got around to it. So, I mean, aside from the fact that um, CD Projekt Red is kind of being very icky lately, which I'm sure we'll talk about that um, on our, uh, you know, next... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do, a, um, we'll do an E3 wrap up and like a a cat news catch up episode, I think. And when we do that, we can talk about that because we need yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, but I mean that's cool. Um, and I know people are complaining about the low um, resolution, but whatever. Right? Like if I can play the entire Witcher three game on a handheld console, it is perfectly fine that it's running at you know five hundred seventy six p or whatever. I mean, I feel is. like the people complaining about it probably have already played the witcher 3 somewhere else and like you know so 
yeah, this works better for my life. Get out of my way. <laughs> so we also got the announcement that Resident Evils 5 and 6 are coming to Switch. Uh, this is, of course, exciting because, you know, we've recently gotten uh, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil 1 Remake, all released on Switch. Um, it's always nice to me, you know, when this we see Capcom, especially like we see these companies, but particularly Capcom, leveraging these back catalogs because I, I just hate when we lose games. I hate when, um, especially in series like these, it some of the iterations of the series sort of fall out of being published and fans can't really like sort of follow them all along. I, I like when games stay in rotation and in, in publication. So I was stoked to see this. Um, I know Resident Evil's five and six aren't the most popular in the franchise, but they are very co-op-y and I actually am really into co-op-y experiences lately. So I'll probably pick these up. Uh, what did you think? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never really been a Resident Evil fan, honestly. Um, but that's, you know, for people who are, and I know, I know quite a few of them, like uh, our friend Christy, I think would probably be like super excited about this. I don't recall if she has a Switch, but, uh, you know, like so the fact that I can think of people who are like, oh, you know, this would be great for them. That's, you know, I mean, just the fact that we're getting all of this third party support. I mean, you just think back to Wii U. I mean, this is like completely night and day. Like there are so many games on Switch and so much third party support. So, right. And I know one of the common... It's good to see Capcom, because, uh, you know, Capcom, I feel like, um, among other companies, really dropped the ball with Wii U support. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the, the criticism that does have to be noted is that we're still getting a lot of older ports from these third parties. But, you know, stuff like Witcher play... 3 is, you know, clearly not, I mean, while it is an older port, it's still at least a current gen game. And, you know, um, I would rather have great older content than zero content and rather than lackluster current content. So I'll take it. I'm into it. Give me good content. I don't care how old it is. Right. And I mean, for people who want to play um, on the go and um, I mean, I, I feel like those two, five and six were kind of weaker points from what I've uh, yeah. gathered. Well, and... well, that's where it gets kind of weird with like Chris Redfield punching boulders into lava and, you know, yeah, giant also, super um, mutants and things. I mean, also it's kind Chris of always Redfield been giant a... super mutants, but... Does it and Chris Redfield also have a pretty sexy, like, I mean, yeah, that's also when he had like that. That's when he had like the really gay, like the queer muscle sailor outfit was in one of those games. Yeah. So you're like, now you're like, well, kind of want. So we also got the surprise announcement coming out of Konami of all places that Contra is making a comeback when Contra Rogue Core comes to Switch on September 24th. And before that, the Contra Anniversary Collection was available yesterday and is thus still available today. It's it's on the eShop. It was available for one confused day. You. Right? How funny would that be? Um, I've already bought the Anniversary Contra Collection, so that says how I feel about that. Um, as a fan of the series, I'll go second. What did you think about this trailer? Um, looks interesting. I mean, is I have I haven't really followed Contra since the original Contra, to be completely honest, um, you know, in terms of, like, really deeply following it. So um, I was like, oh, this is a Contra game? Like, I mean, I don't know if there are elements that are like, oh, yeah, you know, this, um, you know, like, this harkens back to such and such Contra game, but... There um, actually were a lot of elements that seemed to directly homage. Um, the sort of exploitation-esque presentation was a little bit less common but even that wasn't strictly unique 
among the the franchise. And I think that was something that was interesting because, you know, watching it initially, um, I was just like, man, this looks like a mess. But once I actually rewatched the trailer and I was like over the surprise of a new Contra game and then the shock of its apparent budget, I looked at the gameplay. I was like, okay, no, I actually think this looks like a pretty solid shooter. Like this looks like it's going to be a, a good four player co-op shooter. I think it, it looks surprisingly yeah, I mean, for, authentic for me, to like, the spirit uh, of Contra. Like I, I remember we got Contra four for DS. Yeah. Um, Done that by, was, I think, way forward. That was way forward, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was a, a pretty traditional Contra game, right? So, I mean, is this the first time that we've really had, like, you know, um, I mean, it looks like Rogue Core looks more like a, um, you know, isometric sort of... So we viewpoint. have seen uh, the Contra series experiment in various viewpoints and perspectives, including full 3D and various stages of, you know, 2.5D or what have you. Um, and so this does seem like more of the 2.5d style approach where some of the stages appear to have more dimensionality than others um but to me you know again you can even look at back in the days of the original contra in the arcade and you had some of the weird like corridor stages where you know they were like one screen and you're like um in the foreground and you have to shoot into the background so Mm -hmm. contra's always experimented with perspective and and stuff like that and that's really what i mean about sort of the spirit of contra does appear to be intact so um and i went online and and i was actually very happy to see that a lot of uh the contra fan base appears to agree that it does look like a pretty solid showing uh because when we talk about 3d contra games there have been a lot of stinkers yeah, see, I guess that's why I guess uh, I'm not as familiar with the 3D um, entries in the series. Yeah, I when there, I... was, there was that one for PlayStation that. Yeah, there was like Legacy of War, and uh, then you know on the PS2 we had like Shattered Soldier, and probably some others. I wish I had prepared a list. I'm going off the top of my head at the moment, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Shattered Soldier in particular was actually a really great one. And this, from a gameplay perspective, in my opinion, looked to borrow more from that than something like Legacy of War. So uh, let's hope that the game is as fun as it looks to me when it releases uh, later this year. Yeah, I mean, is this the first four-player Contra? Because, I mean, I think of Contra, you know, two players. Like, you know, the original Contra, you and your dude, bro, you know, just being like... um, you know, I can't answer that decisively because I know that it has released on consoles back when multi-taps were a thing, and I have only played them in two-player mode, but that doesn't mean that there are no yeah, four-player modes. Yeah, um, um, it's interesting to see Konami give Contra some love because, like, I mean, I feel like even, like, you know, um, I mean, and I, I can't, don't quote me on this, but, like, even things like, you know, uh, Gaming Historian or, like, some of those other types of similar um gajillionaire like you know as those um buoy-esque youtube channels that you know we enjoy so much um i don't know if i've seen a lot of like you know overview of the contra series so uh i just think that it's probably a series where it's not its history is probably not as well documented as a lot of these other series' histories are. Um, hopefully that's actually going to change. You know, we, we do get some interesting insights in this uh, Contra anniversary collection in the ebook that comes with it. And mm. although that's obviously a Konami approved accounting, and as we have learned in the last few years, that doesn't mm-hmm. always mean a true accounting. Uh, that having been said, um, 
I, I think Contra is a series that is due some love. I think it's fair to say that. I think it's one that mm-hmm. is, it has a lot of mainstream love, but for whatever reason, doesn't get its due among the hardcore channels. I think you're probably right yeah. on that. Um, also, uh, on a last note, do you think that there is um, a healthy amount of gay fan fiction between Bill and Lance? Yes. I hope I they use very the. Saying yes. I hope that they use the. Um, the NES box title. art versions? No, no, I'm just saying... Oh, the Probotector versions? I'm just saying I hope uh, the fanfic uses uh, the title Probotector because, like, Probe. Oh, okay, see, I thought you actually meant Bill and Lance, and they're just, like, little robots, and they're just like, we are putting the thing into the thing. That's what robot sex would sound like, right? That or, like... Wait, I didn't realize that... um, that they actually put robots. I I thought it Wait, was just did the they title. not? I've never actually played the Probotector versions. No, apparently they did. Uh, we might have to do a contra. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I thought so. I had thought That's all these. So weird. So. See, I just I knew about the title change, but okay, is is Probotector in this contra? I think so. Oh wow! So uh, we might have to do a contra contra movie. All right, so uh, we also got the announcement that the Pokeball Plus controller can be used with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Not uh, as a controller. Able- yes, exactly. But you'll be able to take your Pokemon out into the world. Um, I felt like they didn't really tell us any more than that. So we'll have to find out ourselves, but I'm sure something good will happen. Yeah. Uh, we then got the surprise announcement of No More Heroes 3, confirming that it is in development and will be releasing in 2020. Um, of course, those of us that played Travis Strikes Again, we did get a really interesting like engine demo for the apparent engine for No More Heroes 3. So we had suspicions this was coming, but it's nice to see it announced. And I'm stoked for mm-hmm. No More Heroes to come back because I think that it's always a series that has a lot to say. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, see, I had not gotten around to Travis Strikes again, so this completely um, blindsided me. I am super excited because I've been a fan of Travis Touchdown from the beginning, um, not just because I find him super sexy, but uh, I just uh, it's just a bit, always been a very fun series, and I think, honestly, um, one of the gems of Grasshopper's, you know, works so far i mean you know i feel like you know over the years they've had some ups and downs but uh no more heroes is uh and i feel like i feel like no more heroes is kind of where the public at large really got to know more about um grasshopper and sudagoichi like i really feel like those are kind of the um what really brought them from being kind of out of obscurity i guess so yeah i'm i'm glad excellent excellent i think Um, it's i think it's marvelous (laughs) well done speaking of marvelous we also got the announcement of the release date of damon cross machina that's going to be releasing on september 13th 2019 i think that's a friday the 13th right um and damon cross machina is one where i feel like we keep getting trailers for it during directs and stuff um we finally got like some real gameplay during the treehouse live uh back in february there had been a gameplay demo where they had solicited feedback um what i'm really trying to build toward is that this game appears to be like an incredibly stylized like cell shaded like post-apocalyptic heavy metal gundam take on like the armored core franchise 
And okay. that is literally exactly what I have always wanted for like the last 15 years. So this game, watching the, the not just the trailer, again, I thought the trailer was cool in terms of aesthetic and like getting me interested in like, oh, robot game. I always love these. But it was watching the treehouse stuff that I'm like, holy crap, this game is exactly for me. All kinds of robot customization, um, four player co-op online that is explicitly like co-op working together rather than competitive. Although they will also have competitive features for people who want it in separate modes. And it's like, yeah, just like super customizable. Like you can even run a squad of like fast robots, slow robots, mixes, healing robots, destroying robots, tanks. And like just whatever, however you want to play it to team up with your friends in a in a fucking robo squad. I want that. Oh, that sounds that's, fun. Yeah, that's rad as shit. Um, today, Sulker and I we were watching the gameplay, and I had played the demo, so I at least knew the core gameplay was good, but I hadn't seen all the additional framework yet. Um, and then he's watching it, and he's like, "How is this not on my radar? This looks like exactly what we want to be playing." all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah no this to me this was a a, this went to like the top of probably my my most excited nintendo projects right now damon cross machina and i guess the um producer is kenichiro sugata sorry sukuda who produced armored core yeah yeah and you can you can really that's not a household name for me but um so this really is a Armored Core spiritual sequel. Yeah, absolutely. And it appears to be taking it to the next level. So if you've ever been interested in Armored Core and you're sort of interested in what that kind of gameplay might look like into a more modern game design, yeah, check check out Damon Cross Machina. It, it looks great. And this is the kind of project that, like, who else would have funded this? This is... Like Microsoft couldn't even get Scalebound out the door with oh. Platinum, like right. So this is to me when people get salty about Nintendo, it's I just remember projects like this would never happen if not for Nintendo, and I think it's rad. Right, as well. and I mean, um, from software is not obviously doing anything with Armored Core. Fucking right. I'm sorry. I, that is like a real sore spot for me. Like these Soulsborne games are fun or whatever, but I don't know that we keep needing one or two a year, and it's ridiculous that I. Have haven't had a new armored core game in so long so honestly i'm happy that 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 thirst is being gonna be sated by by a hey but at least you got uh Sekiro shadows die twice which i mean i guess is another souls born game isn't it ish i mean it it, it <laughs> does have some unique elements but i wouldn't it's more of a stone's throw than a different genre um we also got the announcement of uh, luigi Ma- luigi's mansion 3's couch co-op and online modes um specifically during the main game the second player will be able to join in as luigi's clone from the 3ds remake of the first luigi's mansion gooigi uh, which is apparently a luigi made out of goo um Uh, there's already got to be some rule 34 out there oh there must um it looked like there was a lot of really interesting um puzzle and gameplay design ideas that this sort of Gooigi character um, sort of lends ideas to because, you know, he can walk through spikes, he can walk through certain walls, can't cross like puddles or water. Calling it now, Gooigi will be in Mario Kart 9. Oh my gosh, right? Like, And then it'll oh, be like um, well, shiny, is... then it'll be like a pink gold peach version called like shiny iridescent Gooigi. I'm quite sincere. Whenever we get our next batch of Smash Brothers characters that are from Nintendo, 
I'm calling it Guiji. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I am not. Um, one of my favorite things is this wasn't from the direct, but I saw a tweet that said the existence of Guiji suggests that there's a Waguiji. Yes. Ah. And um, what I've been, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the Treehouse streams, but um, I've read a couple of, you know, people who've had some hands-on time with it, you know, in, you know, the games journalism sphere say that uh, Guiji is really fun. Excellent. Well, I'm super stoked to hear that. And, you know, I also want to note um, the game devs, this game is being done by Next Level Games, who handled uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 for 3DS and the remake of the first Dark Luigi's Moon, Mansion right? for 3DS. Called? Yeah, yeah. And um, they noted that uh, based on fan feedback, they specifically are designing Luigi's Mansion 3, um, the core game, to be more based on, like, the first Luigi's Mansion game. Yeah. Uh, but then I like it did Moon, look... But, uh... Well, but... And the exciting thing is it looks like the scare scraper online stuff that comes from Dark Moon, it looks like that's being expanded on in this version, almost to be more like a Dark Moon experience as well so it, it to me almost looked like we may end up getting both tastes uh slaked you know not to reuse that term like yikes i need some new words get me a thesaurus quick <laughs> but yeah no i'm really stoked um and i think i heard them say that you would be able to have up to eight players online with this so oh wow yeah you know i feel like i'm always used to nintendo capping off at four for some reason i'm i'm happy to see them break break away from that um, um what's oh what, what i want to know is is Poultry pup back I think that's a fair question. Um, I have two two news stories for you to break. Do you want to talk about these next two right now? Oh, yeah. So um, we have Cadence of Hyrule uh, will be available on June 13th. So by the time you're listening to this, uh, most likely, or I guess um, maybe it's Given up that on we're recording right early enough, I don't think it's up yet, but given that we're recording early enough, there's like going to be a few hours people could hear this and it's not up. Possibly. Yeah. Um, Sorry if that happens. We lied to you. So this is, of course, is the crossover of Crypt of the Necrodancer and Legend of Zelda, um, which I can't like when this was originally announced. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Did we talk about this last time? I don't recorded? believe so, because this was announced fairly recently. Yeah. I mean, I guess just in a conversation between you and I, I was like, how did I miss out on Crypt of the Necrodancer? This is ex- Exactly the sort of thing that I love is when uh, rhythm games are mixed up with other gameplay styles. There was that really cute Game Freak game, uh, Harmonite, that was like a rhythm platformer. And yeah, so, I mean, there, there have been hunt. I mean, there have been you know rhythm fighter games. And oh, I know. I'm just saying that I I love. Oh when yeah, rhythm, no, for sure. I love when rhythm games are mixed up with other things. There's that uh, cute um, shooting game that we play at round one. That oh, is, Gun Gun. Yeah, Gun Gun. I love Gun Gun, um, but. Um, as someone who's a big fan, obviously, of uh, A Link to the Past, which, you know, this is definitely, like, A Link to the Past, um, you know, iteration of Zelda, um, I'm super excited, and I'll be able to play it tomorrow. Excellent, excellent. And then... And then also, also, I I see... I see you're giving me, because uh, you know I'm the resident Zelda fan, um, we got a release date for Link's Awakening Switch Remake. This coming on September 20th, much earlier than I expected. I thought this would be a, you know, like December title, but uh, no, yeah. September 20th. So we also uh, got a look, and this was seen in the direct trailer, at the new custom dungeon mode, or I believe they're calling it the chamber dungeon. And what this is, is a mini game mode within the game that you um, 
get to interact with from Dompe the Gravedigger, who is a recurring Zelda character whom previously hadn't appeared in Link's Awakening. And you get to basically create your own little custom dungeon from dungeon pieces you you find within the various dungeons of the game world. And as you complete various challenges that you are given within your chambers to create so it'll say like create a dungeon that meets these criteria and then if you do that you'll get special rewards for your your game to like extra bottles or what have you i think this is incredible and i'm going to be honest when i look at this i immediately think in 18 months we're going to have a zelda maker right either that or i um a zelda this would be a very um it would be very easy to extrapolate on this and have a Zelda roguelike. Oh, absolutely. Or even, but, um, but yeah, I mean, off I, as a little eShop project or something. Yeah. I mean, there's just so honestly, much potential. Like, Zelda maker was the first thing I thought of. And uh, I mean, could you imagine um, if it, if it um, ended up having like taking the Mario maker and I'm getting totally off topic here, uh, but it's taking the Mario maker conceit, but then adding in like a, like um, sort of like a, um, branching not necessarily branching but like you know like more like an rpg maker thing with like events and stuff and you know like adding dialogue and you know you're you're here's the thing you're already getting to the barriers that a lot of us used to run into when we would ask the question what would a zelda maker look like and back then a lot of us thought no developing dungeons developing overworlds it's all too many pieces it can't be done effectively to me what we're seeing here are the first steps to nintendo asking the question can it be done in a way that's fun um, in a way that's fun for players that tech that they used to develop the overworld for um breath of the wild and the original zelda style probably means that the tech is already there like they probably honestly it's probably it's probably happening and um i mean like really quick i wouldn't say it's probably happening it's it's more likely than we ever could have thought i think i I think that you're i think that there are some wild jobs in expectation there i don't feel comfortable co-signing that statement okay i think this is the first sign that there could be an experience that is something like a zelda maker okay I, I would agree there. And and that's my thing. And I, I want to step back. I just want to say, I just didn't feel comfortable saying that the 3D, 2D um, Breath of the Wild game engine could would be associated here. I, I just, oh, oh, I do okay. think that is an interesting point to make. I do think it would be interesting if that tool set were adapted in a consumer facing way to be, uh, you know, like, again, like a Mario Maker level uh, suite of software. I just think that's a, a jump. I'm not. Oh, I don't think I don't think it's going to mean that you could actually play the game uh, Breath of the Wild style. I mean, for me, it would be like. Well, 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 I mean, even that that 3D tech does exist does indicate, you know, that a manipulatable 3D uh, engine does exist. And for 2D gameplay, for 2D gameplay. But I don't know that we know enough that it's like consumer level is what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I would see it being more like uh, you could do like the original NES Zelda. Um, and then there would be like a obviously um, Link to the Past. There would be like this new Link's Awakening style, like, you know, like it's similar to the Mario Maker. But um, I'm getting off track now. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we, we can we can talk about game design ideas that excite us another time. We're starting to run a little long in the tooth. Yeah, well, uh can I take this next one? Because uh, this you is can, awesome but I will read you for filth if you, depending on how you go, tread so, carefully. Um, yikes! I mean, I guess you can take this one. Oh no! I just, Please. I just I thought promise. this was. 
I just thought this was something that you typically aren't as enthusiastic about. Oh, girl, no. I've just seen a lot of people read Nintendo for Filth about this next Oh, no, no. I'm, I am not here for the negativity. Folks. Oh, I wasn't even going to start with that. Then perfect. Please continue. Oh, no. So we finally got the reveal of the new Animal Crossing game. It's called Animal Crossing New Horizon. It takes place on a... Um, you get a um, Desert Island getaway package from Tom Nook, and you get to um, set up a little camp zone. I mean, immediately people might think like, oh, it's just pocket camp, but no, you like, you get to um, settle on a desert island. Um, the announcement and what you were alluding to is that um, to make sure that they would have the, you know, best possible experience and also not to, um, in the, you know, um, Doug Bowser actually commented on this after the fact that um, they value work-life balance very, it's like a very high priority at Nintendo. So, I mean, I'm hoping that that's, you know, true and not just, you know, lip service. Um, well, and I had seen that indicated and I wanted to say, you know, I had actually seen that indicated very specifically when they were talking about it, that that was a part of why, um, you know, they weren't pushing the development of the game. Right. So it originally was the conditions. It originally was expected as a 2019 title. It has now been confirmed to come out March 20th, 2020. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people disappointed about that. I mean, and I guess, and when you think about it, we had New Leaf was 2012 or 2013. So, I mean, because it skipped over, like, a proper Animal Crossing skipped over Wii U, you know, it has been a while. And I know people have been eager, but um, I'm just happy that it's um, coming. I'm obviously a big Animal Crossing fan. It looks super cute. On the Treehouse stream, they showed um, there's, like, um, some crafting elements like where you can gather like rocks and twigs to make an axe, which I think, um, you know, um, it doesn't seem like overwhelmingly, um, you know, like that the crafting is going to be like, you know, like, um, and I mean, it's optional too. Like, and it's so funny because I'm seeing so many of the animal crossing faithful, including you try to talk around crafting like, Oh, it's optional. Oh, it seems minor. I'm like, this is the first time I've been legitimately excited for Animal Crossing in a decade. No, I think it's no, it's a huge, it's a huge um, new addition. I'm just saying that it's also something that if you aren't interested in that, um, I mean, that's the beauty of Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, it, you you know, you can play it the way that you want it, really. But I, I think that this adds a whole new level of depth. And I'm I'm really excited about the crafting. I wasn't trying to downplay awesome. it. Uh, well, no, that's that's great to hear. It, it the way you were talking about it, it sounded to me like you were downplaying it, and I feel like I've seen a lot of that online. Um, no, and no, people is, who are you know very cagey yeah. about it and downplaying it. And uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a, a big change, and it's one that to me it, it gamifies it a little more rather than just feeling like loot scavenge and sale simulator 3000 which to me is kind of what animal crossing feels like a lot of time and you know it's kind of funny how just a very simple addition like a crafting state step for me is gonna change that complete game loop like i don't know why but it but to me it does and i'm sure that um there are going to be certain crafting recipes that you know like oh you need this seashell that you can only get on the second Friday of the month at 11 p.m. Like, I'm sure that there will be, you know, certain things that, you know, varying levels of depth to the crafting. I think that's, well, I think what I was going to say is it didn't, doesn't seem like that, um, you know, for just, you know, the basic stuff that we saw, that the crafting is going to be um, a, 
inaccessible you know yeah um, it's it's animal crossing i expect it to be a well thought out and reasonably deep system the other thing that i've um seen and I, you know again i kind of touching into treehouse territory and um things that i've read but uh that if you want to stay in your tent that you get um with your island getaway package you don't have to upgrade but apparently slight spoiler alert apparently getting isabel to come to your island you'll have to kind of uh expand we don't know exactly the details about how to get isabel but um she's everyone's boo so you know you just I, not have her i mean i guess just stay in your tent or i mean maybe you can make her cry i don't know i thought you loved isabel i do but it would be interesting to just not have her and i guess just, just to see if you could stretch the game that way you know see i'm interested in experimenting with a animal crossing you should be excited yeah no i'm super excited i can't wait to um i can't wait to be cool on your island <laughs> well done all right let's see and i think um, we'll we'll really get more of the big picture of animal crossing here um <laughs> over the next few months okay why can't um why can't sidekick read <laughs> no i'm gonna let you take this one i'd like you to take this one. Oh, okay so um we got a another character reveal for smash um this reveal video was hilarious to me um so you know it starts out with um donkey kong diddy kong and king k rule hanging out in you know the coconut hut or whatever it's called i mean i'm not super huge into donkey kong lore um and so then you know you see like the silhouette and it looks like a certain big looming figure with um some sort of feathers involved but then it ends up being the duck hunt dog and then like a bunch of duck hunt dogs are popping out going like <laughs> like i was cackling at that but of course um what many of us have been waiting for banjo kazooie is coming to smash um I think this has kind of been something that a lot of us, I mean, I definitely thought, especially when we started getting word of Nintendo and Microsoft working together closely, that I I saw this, I saw some sort of Banjo-Kazooie thing to be inevitable. I think this is probably the first step in, you know, I'm surprised we also didn't get an announcement of like a Banjo-Kazooie, you know, because they already have the um, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Chooie, and Nuts and Bolts. Uh, for Xbox One, right? It's like, um, yeah. and, and like with backwards compatibility. So I'm I'm surprised we don't have a Banjo Kazooie collection, but I think that this definitely opens the door for it. And I mean, this really just shows that Rare and Nintendo, uh, you know, are going to be hopefully bedfellows again. You know, I mean, obviously still owned by Microsoft, but uh, could this be the sign that could this be the first step in a new Diddy Kong racing? You never know. I mean. I, yeah, I, think... I mean, you know, it's a it's a weird world, but I'm going to agree with you. Actually, I think some of these things are a possibility. We we did used to see rare games get, you know, uh, Game Boy Advance, DS, possibly 3DS games, uh, including uh, you know stuff like the uh, Diddy Kong Racing DS revival that they they did what you know five or six years ago now Uh, we have seen some of this happen already Uh, so and traditionally you know microsoft's attitude about the rare properties on those platforms has been you know we don't have a console in that space so if we can leverage these ips there that's a win for us and it almost seems to me like maybe we're going to come to a world where that's how Microsoft feels about some of these properties on this platform. And well, I mean, especially with like Diddy Kong Racing, because I mean, Diddy Kong belongs to Nintendo. So I, I think for me, that's 
I mean, obviously Banjo is a lot of fun. I think, you know, Banjo-Kazooie, you know, definitely took the Donkey Kong Country format and took it to the next level. But uh, like I said, uh, like I think like the fact that this means, this really means that a Diddy Kong racing could be possible. And who knows, maybe we, um, oh, I forgot that um, Double Helix um, did the Killer Instinct, but uh, I was going to say Killer Instinct for Switch, maybe? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> Uh, it's I possible. See, hey, I would love to see. Um, n- knowing that there is room for mature content on the Switch, um, Conquer's fucking sequel. I want it to be called that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, I will say for me, the best part of this announcement was just the reveal trailer. Um, I like Banjo Kazooie a lot as games. I don't have any real attachment to them as characters. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't really care for those rare style characters, like the Donkey Kong Country redesigns of the Donkey Kong characters. Just not really my favorite. The fact that that's become the de facto is, I mean, I accept it. It is what it is. But um, I, that like 3D style from the 90s just has never really been my thing. When these the Donkey Kong Country games released, I thought they were ugly. Even back when everyone was like, oh, the best games ever. Most, you know, graphically impressive. I was I like, know, no, no Jan. I know that that attitude stays with me today. So Um, while this do you feel the same way about ukulele? I'm I'll get there. Actually, that's a fair question. Um, so you know, I looked at this trailer, and while I thought that the utilization of the um, you know, Donkey Kong Country Universe was well done, it definitely sold the troll hella hard, and I thought it was a really cute touch for you know, basically like the rare buddies to be reunited. It just for me wasn't like an emotional reunion. It was like, okay, well, <laughs> Dragon Quest Heroes a little more my speed, guys. And that's fair. Yeah, it's it's cool that it's coming, and you know we'll see how he plays because Lord knows I'll tell I feel about the like game that has nothing duck, to do if he like plays a heavier well. duck hunt maybe I don't know. Dang, that would be sick. Um, I am excited though overall about what this means about the Nintendo and Microsoft relationship moving forward. Do you know what? Do you know what um, rare series needs to be revived? Viva Pinata. Yes, thank you. <laughs> It's so good. And the pinatas are so cute. Right? I, I swear, man, that would be a great games as a service. Like, let me log in on my Xbox or my Switch or my phone, take care of my pinatas no matter where I am. I can just pay for my, like, uh, pinata license or whatever, and it's all good. And, like, I would definitely buy a pinata license. It's going to be called a pinata pass. <laughs> right? Perfect, though. Like, God, I... I think that why are would be a we, why are we monetization not system. Why are we not working in the games industry? Because nobody wants to pay us for anything. Yeah, it's a and, problem. <laughs> and Nintendo's apparently the only company that doesn't uh, suffer from crunch. And right. even then, maybe there is crunch. Anyway, uh, wrapping yeah, up, I guess that was about one. it. Yeah, that was about it, right? But uh, I think a good showing from Nintendo this year. Uh, you know, uh, ending on a good note with the Banjo-Kazooie reveal. You know, I think... Um, okay, like, bitch, you know, you're not it, fooling anybody. It was this headline was across even non-gaming websites. I got I an Apple News. I got an Apple News notification about this announcement. Nintendo surprise announced a sequel to The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It is currently in development. We mostly just got a teaser trailer, but it looked a lot further along than you would expect when you say the words Breath of the Wild sequel. I lost my shit. Same. 
strong same you know and i mean i'm not the biggest zelda fan in the world but this project this it just looks phenomenal and i mean the tone and pitch of the the trailer was perfect i thought breath of the wild was perfect and the fact that they're building on it is something i wanted them to do and it looks like like another fucking home run and it looks like it ties in i know that you don't care about zelda lore or the zelda connected timeline but um it looks like it ties it in because i think i feel like um we don't know where breath of the wild i mean and i i well they've been deliberately cagey about where breath of the wild fits in but it looks like we're getting very clear twilight princess connections there was very kind of twilight their musical motifs have very clearly indicated a connection and we know how they are about these musical motifs they typically do mean things with zelda they um apparently alnuma mentioned not in the direct obviously because we just got a teaser but that he, he got a lot of inspiration from playing red dead redemption 2 yeah that um this this game that the younger staff working on this game are largely inspired by Red Dead Redemption 2 while playing this in the same way that he had been inspired during the development of Breath of the Wild like by Skyrim. playing Skyrim. Yeah. So yeah, definitely very exciting stuff. Um, another thing Onoma-san had said was uh, that this game world does not connect directly to uh, Majora's Mask, which was another early theory a lot of people had, um, but had noted that it is tonally similar and presently darker yeah, and which we got darker this, like, than Majora's Mask? Are you kidding me, son? And like we've got that spooky skeletal Ganon, which there's um already or Ganondorf rather. Uh, and already, and do like, we know that that's who that is, or is that still speculative? I mean, I, mean, I, I agree that that's who that is, but do we know that, or I mean, is that we still don't we don't know anything? Alnuma's um intentionally being cagey. Um, well, yeah, because we're speculating on the identity of a skeleton in a trailer. Yeah, I mean, we um, also saw that Link and Zelda were together, possibly co-op, possibly playable Zelda. He is also being cagey about that, but oh my god. Uh, like, I expected we would see Odyssey 2 or whatever the next Mario would be before we would see more Breath of the Wild. So, like, I... Oh. I will say, though, this this was a good and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I promise you may enjoy like what I have to say. To me, this is Nintendo recognizing that they have an opportunity to finally make Zelda the AAA world class franchise that a lot of its American fans think it already is. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going for it. That to me is what this is, because um, traditionally before Breath of the Wild, you know, Westernly, we often think of Zelda as like a pillar franchise for Nintendo, but it's typically kind of if it's a pillar franchise, like a distant fourth or fifth. And uh, with Breath of the Wild, though, we really saw its sales skyrocket to the point where you could now call it a top three pillar. And I think Nintendo taking this step to expand on it and I think take some really interesting and uh you know potentially risky um steps with it even down to its aesthetic and having this darker tone to me is indicative that they are really looking to elevate zelda and i think that's really exciting yeah i mean i almost i mean <laughs> i like i want to speculate on this so much but uh we need to wrap this up indeed let's see we also got a several sizzle reels we got uh the announcement a couple of release date updates as well. Let's see, we got the announcement of the Spyro the Dragon trilogy coming to Switch on September 3rd. Nino Kuni, the uh, remaster that was announced, is getting a Switch port uh, to release on September 20th. Minecraft Dungeons will be releasing on 
in spring of 2020. The Sinking City will be releasing this fall. Alien Isolation will be releasing sometime this year. New Super Lucky's Tale will be releasing this fall. Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics will be releasing this November. Dead by Daylight will be releasing September 24th. And Dauntless, which I am a fan of and have played as recently as uh, this weekend before the heat destroyed us all we'll be getting a switch port in late 2019 uh, these are all really exciting announcements uh stuff like spyro the dragon i've never actually played all the way through all those games so that's exciting for me uh nino kuni was a miss for me when it originally released but i had very little time for gaming back then maybe having it on switch would work better for me uh new super lucky's tale looks like a really great 3d platformer i'm told it's much improved upon its uh, earlier original releases on Xbox One and before that PC. Uh, it just looks like good stuff to me. Did did any of this stuff ting- being on your radar? Um, a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, like uh, Minecraft Dungeons, we already knew about. Um, I was surprised because on my bingo card, I had expected a Nindy's Sizzle Reel, so I was surprised to see this instead. This is a lot more uh, not exactly Nindy's. So, oh, and it is probably worth noting. In addition to that, then, that uh, tomorrow's Treehouse Live stuff is supposed to be all indie day. So that was probably the idea was moving a lot of that content to have its own day. So it will all have its own, uh, you know, space to breathe and really look and explore. And I think we'll probably also have some new and indie Switch announcements tomorrow, honestly. So that should be mm. good stuff. All right. Well, then, all that having been said, now it's time for us to wrap that discussion up. What was your rank? What What would you rank this? Um, the, let's say the direct, the direct and then let's say just the direct and then direct and treehouse so far. Um, a plus a, like, I almost feel like giving them an a plus is unfair to the others. So I'm going to say like, um, like, honestly, it's like an a, but like, I'm the type of person who doesn't actually give a pluses. Like, even if you're, um, even if you have like extra credit, I'm just like saying it's an a. All right, all right. Plus. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so was that for the direct, or was that just overall? Direct. Okay, and then what about the treehouse so far? Well, actually, I would say A for the direct, um, but like A++++. Oh, so you're like the teacher from Christmas Story <laughs> now? Yeah, it's like A++++. Exactly. We're referencing Christmas Story yeah. on June 12th, so it's... Let's wrap yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah, we, we want some cold weather, please. Um, no, um, or like you know, like you said, SSS rank. Um, um, yeah, I mean, just with the Treehouse content, like I said, just really elevates Nintendo's E3 presentation to a whole new level. And I mean, we're called Game Buoy. Like, if you've been listening, most of you have probably been listening to us for a couple of years. If you've been listening to us for the past, you know, seven years, then you know we love Nintendo. Like, uh, I, I've got a bias. I, you know, look. I, I think the bias is clear, but I also, but also there's a reason. That... I mean, I mean, there's a reason why, and we've we've talked about. Didn't we do an episode called "In Defense of Nintendo"? I believe so. And I, and I was going to say, you know, I think the facts kind of speak for themselves, though. We just, in in my opinion, we just had this sort of Nintendo slate where I can understand that maybe not all of these games are quite to everybody's tastes, but particularly for the kinds of games we talk about on this show, it's just literally every one of these was like, 
a killer of an announcement. None of them were like real downers, several real surprises, including, you know, things that we literally never thought we would see, like uh, the English release of Psycho Dead Setsu 3 available already. It's just, how do you even compare? It's like, you know, a Panzer Dragoon remake. Like, what? It's like that year we got the revival of uh, we got like Shenmue and we got, you know, uh, Final Fantasy seven. And there was one other big one that year. And everyone was the last Last Guardian. Guardian, Yeah. Yeah. Only one of those games have come out. (laughs) Well, Last Guardian came out and oh, yeah. yeah, Shenmue three is not out yet. And Final (laughs) Fantasy seven isn't quite out yet. You're quite right. Yeah. By the way, um, it was episode four in defense of Nintendo. Yeah. uh, I will, uh, at the end, I will share a little flashback into the Bowie archives. And this, I just have to say, like, this this show to me was, for me, like, a Year of Dreams level show. Like, this to me was, like, SSS rank. And then the Treehouse Live stuff, which just built on it, and even games that previously had been on my radar, but I hadn't really understood. Uh, you know, today they went on for 30 minutes about... Uh, fire emblem three houses which you know obviously i'm gonna get it it's a three fire fire emblem game i'm hell of excited but they were showing entire game mechanics i that weren't even on my radar and i've read all the available materials so far and, and so it just felt like such a deep dive on a game i'm interested in and got me so sold it's exactly what i'm looking for in these kinds of presentations i don't want celebrities shouting at me to be excited about games i want to look at games and say crap that looks exciting to play and for me um you know the direct was that and then the treehouse live is even more of that for you know six streaming hours a day practically so to me it was like yeah the direct was like sss and then the direct or the treehouse live was like pure platinum pure platinum that's my ranking oh yeah and then let's see we had uh two things i want to follow up on briefly uh we had noted about two additional announcement streams that were added to the calendar uh late in the e3 (laughs) schedule um one of those was a quote unquote nippon ichi software announcement stream (laughs) that was supposed to take place yesterday at five o'clock um as people who tuned in might have been surprised to note, it was actually just Nippon Ichi's regular weekly stream um, announce or playing their recently announced Disgaea 4 Complete Plus, which is being released on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Um, I'm not quite sure why they're releasing this on PS4 since Disgaea 4 Complete already exists on, on PS4, other than, you know, a little bit of new content and Nippon Ichi really needs the money right now um but it's it's just was a little silly because the uh the regular streamers they were having their stream and bless their hearts they just were not prepared for all of the people coming in looking for an announcement stream (laughs) Uh, but more exciting was then after that uh konami did have an announcement stream at 5 30 and this was actually to me a a quite big announcement they announced their own mini consoles you know these mini revival consoles are like a whole ass thing um you might be like what what konami console and this is where i get to tell you that konami when they acquired you know all of the various hudson ips also acquired the pc engine and the turbo graphics so we are getting a PC engine and TurboGrafx-16 engine and Core Graphics Mini. Um, this is, to me, super exciting. Each region system is going to resemble the original model and have a different games playlist 
suited for that region. Um, it will have, you know, quick save type functions. It will, they will have like a multi-tap available. Um, it's just looking like really exciting stuff. Um, as a big big fan of the PC Engine, I was really excited about this announcement. To me, this actually was like a very great Konami announcement. Um, apparently, a lot of people had their hopes up and were like expecting them to announce that they were reviving Metal Gear or announcing, you know, uh, you know, new like Castlevania revival or something. And and I had thought that like the far end of expectation was like a new anniversary collection. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but i just i don't know i'm i'm su- was super stoked about this uh for people who had much higher expectations i'm sorry but uh for me getting some of these pc engine games back into circulation a new adventure island ease book one into alien crush um i know that the japanese release has uh castlevania rondo of blood it has you know pc genjin also known as bonks adventure uh, so just really exciting stuff and games that we definitely want to still have on the market and available so to me this was really exciting news what, what did you think slaggy yeah that's really um you know better than we could have expected from konami i think yeah right like people are expecting new metal gear solid games and i'm like are you kidding did you not see how metal gear survive turned out why are you why are you doing this this is good (laughs) anyway all of this having been said e3 has been amazing this year i really hope we don't have a heat wave next year right but i'm Overall, man, I have this has really been to me one of those weeks that really emphasizes like why this hobby means so much to me. It's just been constantly exciting, full of new ideas and interesting ways to interact. And I'm really excited to uh, get to try my hand at all of these new software experiences and admittedly, especially the Nintendo ones. Um, did you have anything to add before we start wrapping up? No, just uh, overall, a, a lot to be excited about coming out of this year's E3. Excellent, excellent. All right, then. Why don't you take us over to the exit? All right. Well, I'm in terms of social links, um, mostly it was just responses to my bingo card, which, uh, you know, I don't really think is super worthwhile. I mean, thanks to your enzyme. Spoiler alert, you did it. Well, I, yeah, I got a... Oh, that's a bingo. I got a bingo. Congrats. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I played it a little safe, but, uh, you know, I, I, um, I did not clear my bingo card so uh oh. that just goes to show uh, no i did not clear it by any means uh your enzyme said i almost cleared the board but i think your enzyme was being more generous jd likes that i use the mario font for the word bingo um and monarch Pyratica, i almost just said sulfur because you know that's who yeah. it is said congratulations slag kick you're the winner of this year's e3 shantae you slay Thank you, but I think Nintendo is the winner of this year's. Oh, I, I, I should pass it. I don't pass it, but I should ask you who was the winner of this year's A3? Was it Nintendo? Was it Square Enix? Was it Microsoft? You know, was it? It it seems so dumb to say we're all winners of E3, but I was just going to say it's a Mean Girls moment, throwing out the shards of the plastic crown to everyone. There are, are are multiple ways I can categorize this. So I actually I do think the gamers are the winners this year, um, and not in the negative sense of like, oh, the gamers. I mean, I just I think that we, there is a lot of great software this year. I'm really excited about it. I think that a lot of the software we saw is going to be in our hands relatively soon, and we certainly can't say that every year um in more pragmatic terms sort of what you're asking in the more traditional sense i would say i think nintendo won easily but i don't know that they won in in the tradition 
let me say, I do think they won in the traditional sense. I don't think the traditional sense matters anymore. Yeah. You look at something like, for example, through Nintendo's win, Microsoft is going to make so much fucking money selling Banjo-Kazooie's DLC. They're going to make so much fucking money on Minecraft Dungeons on the Switch. Um, let's see the other. So, and you know, I had thought Microsoft also had an amazing conference. So, you know, they also kind of won E3 because they had an amazing conference and they had an amazing Nintendo conference. Um, and then I think about Square Enix. They had an amazing conference themselves and they had an amazing Nintendo conference. Second and Setsu 3 went on the eShop that minute and probably sold more than they ever thought Mana Collection would sell. So honestly, like it's really hard to quantify an E3 winner these days. I, I would almost, it would almost be easier for me to say that like, oh, CD Projekt Red was the loser of E3 this year because they continue to behave really inappropriately toward marginalized groups. And it's becoming really clear that it's a systemized pattern of basically violence. Mm-hmm. Not to be too cagey. Who would you say won E3? Um, I, I mean, I would say Nintendo because, um, you know, like I said, we really got to see... You know, with it, I, and I think it's really because of the. I mean, obviously, I mean, we think um, Nintendo Direct's now about as old as Game Boy at this point, and you know, it already started out, you know, as Mature. a as a good thing. But I mean, I think Nintendo Direct has really come into its own. Um, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's really flourished and grown into, you know, something that we're now seeing not just other gaming companies copy, but, you know, with the uh, Google Stadia Connect, you know, we're seeing Google take cues from Nintendo on how to right. sell games. So um, if, if Google cribbing your notes is about as high a compliment as you get, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just looking out of curiosity at um wikipedia's list of all of the nintendo directs i didn't realize that the fire emblem heroes streams are called fetch channel <laughs> yep fetch channel. Fire I, mean, emblem I don't really heroes. i i didn't really keep up with fire emblem heroes but <laughs> it's it's actually well liked by the community but okay uh yeah um just really quickly like i said i um when i was trying to see because i was like did we do an in defense of nintendo episode we did it was episode four may 31st 2012 i just thought it was cute to uh like just looking back at this um you had been really excited about monster hunter sorry not monster hunter for monster world Four, which yeah that that tracks capcom um said that they were wanting to do a two and a half year dev cycle for all key franchises I wonder if they kept up with that. There was I a think teaser. that actually sounds like they largely have tracked to that. And I will say, in addition to that, um, you know, you look at uh, Mon Hun World, you look at uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, you look at Devil May Cry 5. I think they have stuck more or less to that. And I think we've seen it actually pay off for them. But, but continue. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a teaser of what ended up being Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror Fate. And the release of Anarchy Reigns was uncertain at that point. And it still is. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Anarchy Reigns. All right. Where, uh, where, how can people reach out to us? All that stuff. Um, we like your subscriptions, rating, and reviews. We love your feedback. Um, you can visit us on the web, on Facebook, on Twitter. And you can mail us at mailbuoy at gamebuoy.org. Mailbuoy at gamebuoy.org. Whoa. Also, did you say dot erg? Like, erg. Yeah, but you said, I think you said mail booty. So I think we're we're tied here. Um, we're I, even. You're hearing what you want. Um, and 
we're at gamebuoy.org. And I just have to say, like, now, I, I mean, I was a um, guest on one of the Nerdgasm Redux episodes uh, that Wicked and his buddies, uh, you know, bringing back and looking back at um, what they had been talking about on old episodes. Like, doing that little buoy Redux was actually kind of fun. Maybe, uh, maybe we could do that every once in a while, follow up on some old news and see what happened with that. But anyway... Um, rather than spend time talking about that, let's shout out to, um, other people that we think you should be listening to. Excellent. 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 All right. Well then I would like, as I always do to guide listeners in the direction of orange lounge radio, where every gamer has a voice and from whom we steal so many of our cues as well as the astral era podcast. Astral Era is a Final Fantasy XIV podcast focused on in-depth discussion of new content, game mechanics, story-slash-lore, music, and, of course, glamour, darling. You should also check out Slank Kick's show and this show's sister show, Never Knew How Much I Missed Her Show. Reading is Fundamental, where we dish tea on everything drag race, hunty. Uh, we only record Reading is fundamental when Drag Race is in season. It is not currently, but you should go check it out. You will probably enjoy it. Slaggy, take us a place. Game Bar is the gay, queer, sorry, queer. Take us to a game bar. Game Bar is the queer gaming podcast equivalent of the Prairie Home Companion. Magical Boys podcast is a pop culture podcast from a queer perspective. And Nintendo Fun Club is your place for platformers, positivity, and pop punk. We call these the Hunty Bunch. <laughs> I, I, this is Hunty Bunch has always been in our show notes. I just I've forgotten to mention that like in a while. Yeah, so. huh. it's been. I it's mean, I hunty, think it's been a long while. Hunty Bunch, yeah, the Hunty Bunch. Okay, we're getting slap happy. Let's wrap it up. Um, and Anime Buoy, AnimeBuoy.org, AnimeBuoy.org. You didn't have to wrap it up that fast. Zelda reorchestrated. Okay, at least do the proper one for them, for me. Also, our wonderful theme music was done by the late, great Zelda Reorchestrated, the project that aimed to orchestrate beautiful Zelda music, music, beautiful, beautiful Zelda music. Now, now I see why you were trying to <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to do the rest as like, Isabel. <laughs> Suddenly more people listen to Game Boy than ever before. It's like, oh my god, Isabel, I love your work. Right, Isabel you're said really right. tr- You're really the true mayor, Isabel. Yes. All right. We are clearly, clearly, clearly exhausted. It has been one hell of a week. Uh, we will be recording again, I would say, within the next three or four days. Uh, we will be wrapping up and catching up and going from there. Uh, until then, though, keep gaming. Keep gaming. Keep thinking. Keep thinking. And see you, Space Cowboy. Mushroom Samba. interesting you know because capcom gets quite a rap
Um, in the last fiscal year, you know, they, they had multiple releases of several of their titles and pseudo-sequels to same titles, by which I mean, you know, uh, Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 4 and Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade, or uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So they get a lot of slack for this. Um, and I actually think, from that perspective, that setting a, a two-and-a-half-year development cycle, that's actually pretty good. Um, I, I really like to bag on developers that sort of do the annual release thing. I think unless you're Ubisoft working on Assassin's Creed, that's generally a bad idea. And honestly, I think the only reason that they did that was because they had made the story all about, oh, 2012 and the possible end of the world, and, you know, they kind of were like, oh, if we release it after that, it's, uh, you know, not going to be relevant. But I think I think the Assassin's Creed franchise is a very rare, a very rare case. Well, yeah. Where I mean, a game didn't turn out absolute shit, and they've been... Brotherhood really was good. Uh, Revelations, or whatever, was great. I'm really excited for three. Yeah, they've had annual releases, and I think they've made them work. I don't think they've had a stinker yet. Well, except for one, in your opinion. Well, oh yeah, I thought that was probably one of the worst games of the generation. Well, that was Sonic 4 Episode 2 bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Capcom... I, I mean, this is this is good news, because, I mean, Capcom is probably still one of the few companies left that, I don't know, that I actually still look forward to things coming out from. And, you know, they've, they've had their fair share of, of fuckery this generation. I sort of have a warning so- signal up with them. But this, this specific choice and statement, I think, sends a very positive message. You know, we're going to do releases, we're going to do sequels, but we're going to space them out a little bit so that they can be good products. Yeah, and I mean, let's see if, uh, let's see if Square could take a page from this book. Womp womp. 